Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Gabagool, a Sopranos podcast. My name's Ben Bunnell, I'm joined by Adam Knox, and here on this show every week we get down and dirty. We bury our faces in this show, and sometimes, if you're lucky, we insert a finger or two and find the (laughs) G-spot of (laughs) one of the greatest shows of all time, The Sopranos. Yeah, we're getting buried in deep, deep enough that I'm, I'm, I'm burying myself in this like it's a cemetery. Uh, yes, which is yeah, well, we're six foot under. That's where we are this this week at the start, at least. Uh, we're, should we just get straight? I'm going to get straight into it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last week we did episode eight. We actually are recording this right after ha- after that, um, where, yeah, we're totally sunk into the world of The Sopranos. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited to talk about this episode that I had some issues with <laughs> uh well we, we we start off uh in 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 a graveyard here it's right by some some big um roads on bridges behind it what do you call them i guess they're highways i think they're highways or freeways yeah yeah so the high in the highway is mm. if you don't know a highway well it's a hello way uh there's <laughs> livia here carrado is here and uh, Anthony Jr. is here in this cemetery where they're visiting uh, the grave of Tony's dad, Johnny. Mm. And Anthony Jr. is running around with a couple of what Livia calls their cemetery dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't know that that was a thing, having wild dogs who live in a cemetery. Graveyard dogs. Mm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that is a thing. Maybe they were just there yeah. on the day or so. I, like, I have no idea what... That there are wild dogs in New Jersey running around cemeteries, but yeah, it is because it's like well, Anthony Junior is distracted by them, but you you could just not have him there. We didn't need to know about the wild dogs. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, Livia's mad that there's some plastic flowers on the grave, and she says it looks horrible, and she's bitching about it, which isn't like her. But uh, <laughs> these cemetery dogs and Anthony Junior are having a bit of a play while they're. Uh, you know, looking at these things, Junior is is uh, kind of defending Anthony, being like, "Come on, he's a kid, lay off him." He seems to be in a particularly good mood that he doesn't want to be harshed by Livia. He's he's trying to be upbeat, yeah. And he's talking about Tony when he was a kid, saying like, "Me and Tony used to used to surfboard, I guess." Or, mm. or just yeah, surf. he taught him how to yeah taught him how to. Or bodyboard or something like they used to go down to the beach and hang out. It was fun. Yeah, and so I don't know if this is sort of setting up that like, Corrado is is he he takes it easy on kids. Yeah, and he took it easy on Tony when he was a kid. Tony's got the memories of playing 
catch with him uh, and he's taking mm-hmm. it easy on Anthony Jr. now. Anthony Jr. tells some shit joke about graveyards, <laughs> which this yeah. kid is, uh, he, he's, he has his run of the place a little bit. Yes, he's kind of an idiot. <laughs> but so, yeah, very short little scene of them visiting the grave before uh, we go over to a soccer game where Meadow is the goalie and she uh, defends a, a pretty easy shot. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, I'd beat these young girls at soccer. <laughs> and also that's not true but um so who's there we got we got tony we got silvio and we got uh arty buco yes their their daughters all go to the same school they're all playing in the same team and uh there's this coach there who over the course of this game they're like the, the, this coach has the respect of the parents because he's helping these kids win yeah, he calls a certain play. He gets that one specific girl to sort of snap out of it yeah. and, and focus. After Silvio's and, um, had a fucking yell at the ref and run onto the field and gets a pat on the back from Tony for <laughs> shouting at this guy in the middle of a children's soccer game. There are many things in this episode that made my skin crawl. Yeah. And this is one of them. I hate that. I ha- <laughs> yeah. It's a huge, like, it's genuinely a huge issue in junior sports. Parents yelling at usually, like, underage umpires and stuff. Right. It's like, it's fucked. It's a terrible thing to do. And it, it of everything we've seen in this show, it, you know, um, pricked me the most that fucking Silvio was walking on the field and yelling at the fucking... Ugh. Yeah, and like that everyone's like, good job, man Great job, man, you really changed things for the better Yeah, You showed him who the big man on field is yeah. But so that, yeah, there's a kid called Ali who uh, gets a certain call off of this coach And she scores a goal Everyone's like, fuck yeah, man Our kids are going mm-hmm. to college on a scholarship from this soccer That's their big investment on, in the soccer Right, yes Or That's as right. we would call it in Australia, soccer <laughs> But it is also known as football. Uh, yes. So, yep, they're all praising this coach. They're all they're having a pretty nice time here at the here yeah. at the game, and they take yeah. the coach out for a nice time afterwards. What they yes. perceive now, to this, be a nice time. Yeah, this coach, this actor, I forget his name, but he has been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, most notably, after his appearance in The Sopranos, he right. appears in The Aviator. Uh, he appears in The Irishman, and he is a recurring character on Boardwalk Empire. All Scorsese things, right? Which makes me think Scorsese watches uh, or watch The Sopranos. Well, he was in it. You'd want it. You yeah. want to watch it back, yeah. I guess. Uh, yeah, we we have another one of those cuts. The, the show does this a bunch of times. When we go to the butter bing, often it'll be here's a shot of some girls with their tits out because you know where we are, strip club. Yeah. Now, what I noticed this time specifically was that on the sign, and this has been apparent before, I just didn't notice, mm. the bees, the tips of the bees have little nipples on them. Bees look like boobs. You can't spell boobs without two bees, which is four boobs, which is what I want to see. <laughs> and it's given me the inspiration to write my name that way from now on. Ah, Booby Ben Vanell. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, a couple of little nips on the B, on the capital B as well. The start of my name, it's perfect. I could change the D in Adam to one single breast. Yes. I suppose. Yes, one big honker. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they've taken they've taken him out to the butter being they're like drinks are on us and then they bring uh one of the dancers over brandy and they're like I think it's brandy. Mm. I, think I think it's so, brandy. yeah. 
and uh, they're like, "Hey, you're on the house," is how they describe mm. this uh, this human being here. I'm yep. a feminist. <laughs> you're an ally. Yeah, it always feels weird talking like on a Sopranos podcast that's hosted by two men, being like, "Don't I treat a Weber right?" Because I don't know what sort of, li- but it's true. Yeah, it's true. And I think I've made uh, my name, point her- expertly. Her name is Brandy, and yeah. you did you did come to that very quickly. It's like the one thing you focused on from the entire episode. I'm looking at subtitles, <laughs> but uh, I swear I'm just I'm watching it for the subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah, they they're trying it on a bit much with his coach, and he's like, "No, come on." And uh, the sleazy uh, detective guy, yes, oh, my binge stream has crashed. Yeah, Vin Vin Marquezian comes in, and um, he's evidently been sniffing around on behalf of Tony mm. um, about the indictments. You know, right. Tony doesn't want to be, you know, left in the dark. He, no one knows who specifically is being indicted yet. Um, they've done their, you know, cleaning house, but Tony, um, yeah, he wants to know. And essentially, the Vin guy is like. I can't tell you, man. Like, surprise, surprise, but the FBI are keeping pretty stum on who they might be arresting. Uh, yeah, so he's, I guess, checking in with his, like, police contacts and, uh, yeah, doesn't have too much, like you said. No, I think uh, Vin says that uh, he's been following Mikey Parmesi, uh, who is Junior's guy, um, and I don't know if Tony knew this yet. I can't remember from last episode, but... Vin does mention that uh, Mikey thinks that someone is leaking. Mikey thinks someone's writing to the government. Right, so Mikey has also hired people to follow people, right? Does he say yes. that here? I think so. And he's like, let me check the liquor license so I have a real reason to have been here if they give me a lie detector. Um, yeah. Artie Bucco gets called home. Uh, his wife is like scraping yeah. off the paint on their house. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All on her own. So <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm going to go help. But uh, and and the coach takes his chance to leave as well, and they all kind of head yeah. off. And we go over to uh, a lawyer's office, specifically uh, Corrado's lawyer. Yeah, that's right. Yes, um, which I didn't pick up on at first. I kind of thought maybe this was like Corrado's office because we just see him hang out yeah. in you know restaurants and shit. Yeah, we haven't. He's got that one deli, I guess, where Tony went and visited him a mm. couple times, but. They they say later they're working in this lawyer's uh, office, and I couldn't quite follow what the lawyer was saying about their uh, <laughs> their position here. To be perfectly honest, I think it's like they want to uh, sort of ad- admit cooperation. Yeah, you know, uh, in the hopes that the it will lead the FBI to give some information back, you know, like they want to know yeah. who would be getting arrested, who would be getting charged. So I think it's the lawyer being like, look, they're going to start fucking arresting people. Yeah. So let's get on the front foot. Let's be cooperative and see if that helps us. And that's the main takeaway is like, they've got this very expensive seeming lawyer. I think they say they're paying him $7,000 an hour or something crazy. But he's like, yeah, you're kind of fucked. Like it's the FBI. I'm doing what I can, but you know, what what's gonna what's gonna what am I gonna be able to do with the fucking FBI? Right, he, get prepared because it's coming. And this lawyer's clearly done his background work. He knows about this uh, girlfriend that Junior has, and yep. uh, that she works at you know some 
place that he's in with and that it's a little dodgy. Uh, it's what a union, I think, right? right? He, it's another one of the union things. It's yeah, Obviously, that's the sort of stereotype of the mob, but yeah. in this case, and with Tony as well, you know, they got uh, they got some union involvement. And she's in some sort of position to finagle things at this union to Junior's benefit. Um, yeah. And the lawyer suggests, like, get out of here for a while. The heat is on. Yeah. Why don't you go down south where it is hot? And then mm-hmm. Junior's like, go down south. <laughs> Will do, sir. And he tap, tips his cap. <laughs> yeah, he walks straight out the door. He's like, wait a minute. I didn't fully explain. Yeah. Okay. This will make sense later in the episode why I... Um, Mikey and Junior are talking in the toilet as well. And Mikey's like, this fucking sucks. I hate being here. I'm trying to look into things. And I reckon that Tony's ship has a leak. Yes, Tony, Tony, whether it's Tony himself or it's someone in his thing, Tony's boat is is the leaking one. Yeah, Mikey hates Tony. Tony hates Mikey. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's my, my favourite dynamic of any two characters in this show, possibly. <laughs> uh, it's pretty fun. But so, yeah. It's so antagonistic. Yeah, Mikey's like, look, I'm going to look into Tony and Junior's like, okay, I'm going to fucking Boca, which is, I guess, in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Boca Raton, it's in Florida. He also pats Mikey on the shoulder before washing his hands, which disgusted me. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. But I I guess that's because I'd have done the same thing. (laughs) Uh, We got some teenage girls drinking in the woods after their soccer game. It's the soccer kids. That's right, yep. And one of them's like, hey, Ali owes me a cig, which (laughs) is one of those terms that I've just never heard anyone use in real life. I'm trying to remember if I heard any. I reckon I heard people call them a sig because I went to a primary school that was was P to twelve, right? And so, uh, and smoked a cigarette when I was like eleven. And I reckon the people around there called them cigs. Maybe I reckon it was that was in 1999. And I guess I in Australia so, we have ciggy. We have is, ciggy. Is the thing, yeah. You chuck a sicky yeah. c- and have a ciggy on your sicky. Yeah. Um. They're off looking for this girl, Ali, and she is sitting on a swinging bench and she is cutting her wrists. Yeah, it's fucked up. And this this is the start of, yeah, the most unpleasant storyline uh, in the show so far. Yeah. It's the most real world one, I guess. I mean, obviously the mafia and stuff exists, but it is, uh, you know, a extreme thing for people in everyday life. But this is... If it, it, this episode's weird because it feels like it's a like a very special episode of The Soprano. You know yeah. what I mean? That yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, uh, and like Tony's talking about it. Uh, we cut straight to him talking to Melfi, and he's like, "Ah, it's fucked up what happened. Uh, you know, she's always at her house, and this is happening." And he he can't wrap his head around it. Um, mm. they're kind of discussing it, and. He, I think in this scene as well, kind of apologizes for... Like, he gets to the point where he's like... He's trying to reckon with this girl hurting herself. And he's like, if Meadow ever did that... And he can't really finish a sentence, you know. he mm. It's a lot mm. for him. And then he apologizes for the money and the storming out and everything the week before. Yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, every time they do this, they call back to the last session. Like, mm. the one where he was in love with her and all that stuff. I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he's on this loop of him fucking up and then apologizing and Melfi kind of... I guess you could compare it to her taking him back in a way that Carmela mm. seems to. This is the 
the routine that he's used to with women in his life is lash out. And he has people in his life lash out, apologize mm. later. Yeah, and it's interesting because um, the extra wrinkle is. Well, I guess she's um, being professional, right? Like, mm. she is being professional. Yes. He, he's a patient who has not achieved sort of enlightenment. He hasn't achieved self-actualization. He still has a lot of shit to work through, yeah. and he's her patient. I'm, she would be, you know, not being a good doctor if she cut him loose. He's still at the point where he literally can't talk about his feelings because, he, like, he can't right. say how this thing with the other girl relates to his feelings about Meadow. Like, yeah. So yep. it, 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 yeah, he, he has a lot of work to do and it is an extra wrinkle that she is professional. And speaking of extra wrinkles, we cut back to junior and oh. um, he is grabbing the ass of his girlfriend in the union office. Uh, mm-hmm. They're signing some dodgy checks and they're planning their trip to Boca. Uh, I forget her name. Yes. What's her name here? Uh, uh, Roberta. Roberta. Nice. Robert or, with an A. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. But it'll come up later. Whatever. We'll call. Um, we'll, we'll call her Roberta. Uh, yeah. And like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck, fuck you. Your name's Roberta. <laughs> In this uh, office as well. This like, some random guy comes up to Junior as well. He's got some problem. He was gonna run to someone under him, but he sees Junior and he's like, "Hey, can I help mm. you out?" He's got a big stack of cash in his chest pocket. And Junior's like, yeah, okay, we can. I'll talk to my cousin about the thing that you want to do. Not quite sure why that bit's added in there. I I guess it's just reinforcing, like, yeah, Junior's the boss. I assume that the guy, the local guy, is yeah. um, They say Jimmy or something, but it's like um, this guy is showing specifically showing Junior extra respect. He's he's verbalizing right. it he's being like look you know i i'm here to pay this money back it's got to be a union guy i guess it's like he's probably a bit behind or something but i saw um, you and i thought i'd talk to the man himself so i guess we're re-establishing right. the junior is the man himself at this point yes yeah yeah that makes sense um because in the last episode i don't know if we mentioned it but they congratulate tony again about like clever idea putting junior at the top now that the heat's coming down yes and he's still in that position as the heat is coming down here he's having to flee kind of yeah totally like he's not yep. going to another you know he's not properly running away but he's getting out of there till the heat dies down yes uh speaking of heat it'll be way turned up in the uh, retirement community that uh Olivia oh, yeah. is in and uh, this guy larry comes over she says he lit an apartment block on fire yep at some point so she remembers him and mm. he says that his mom is moving into this place on the 15th, setting up what we then see uh, another one of the, the capos. They're all moving yeah. their parents into this place so they can use it as like an illegal possession storage facility. Yeah, and, and meeting place, you know, like they have to assume that they can't have swept all the bugs clear. The yeah. places they hang out usually are probably being observed. So, yeah, like they say, there's no, there's no feds setting up in an old folks home. Right. So, a decent idea, I guess. I don't see why the mm. FBI wouldn't set up here as well. I guess mm. because the people who live here have nothing to do with it, so how would they get the justification? I don't know how the law works, yeah. which explains yeah. my many crimes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they see in the paper, they're reading a paper here, and this coach of the soccer team is moving to uh, some other university to coach yes. soccer there, and uh, that is bad news for them because... 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, as they say later on, that they're, they're looking for college scholarships, kind of off of the extracurricular soccer stuff. Yeah, and it's going well, and and they yep. enjoy it as well. Um, but yeah, this is. Uh, I think the the issue with this episode is that the junior stuff is so memorable and so played for laughs. The fact that it contrasts with this other storyline, mm. which in itself has. That dynamic already, it has the sort of misunderstanding of Tony, you know, and that's just kind of like, um, that's the surface level, you know, analysis of it. What is actually going on is quite traumatic. Mm. And the dynamic of that storyline plays out sort of uh, within itself, internally. It doesn't need to really contrast with anything. And yet the thing that it's contrasting with in the greater episode is the Uncle Junior fucking going down on his girlfriend stuff. It just, it feels like a weird dynamic. It feels a little tasteless or something. I guess so. I mean, there's this line that that Junior is unwilling to cross in the public eye of like, uh, we'll get to it later, but the, the, the whole problem is that in this world, it is seen as not particularly manly and tough to be giving head to a woman. Now, that is true, and I believe it sincerely, right. and I think Absolutely. that it is the case. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, it's a, I think it's... It's ridiculous. <laughs> and it's so memorable because it's such a unique and strange thing that they're looking at in this episode that no other mob thing or no other media at this point is like... Mm. I, I can't remember seeing it in anything else, but I don't... Yeah, think that it is an invented... You know, I don't think it's made up for the show. It's, it's a, probably mm. a very reflective thing of this group of people's sort of opinions at the time. So yeah, it is it is weird and unique. I don't know if it's played for laughs by the show as much as by the characters in the show. Mm. But it is a strange thing to have alongside this other storyline with the coach. Yeah, so I don't know. I I also I think unless I'm wrong, it could exist it could have been the B plot of any other episode. I don't necessarily see why it had to be in this episode with this other main storyline. I wonder if there's something they're going for that I, I don't think is evident necessarily or effective in the episode, but I wonder if they're going for a thing to contrast like proper sex crime with what these people consider to be a bizarre sex or like an unacceptable sexual act that is ridiculous when you put it up against this proper sex crime that is also being discussed in the episode. Maybe. Does that make sense? Like it um, makes their uh, ludicrous uh, interpretation of what giving head to a woman means to them seem even more ludicrous when they're st- also like, you, you know what I mean? Like how unbalanced their, yeah, their yeah. thinking on this sort of stuff is. I can I can see that that is what their intention was, um, but I don't think it comes across when you're just sitting down watching the episode. I think that we've, yeah, I think that, that's a, a very smart observation of what their intent was, but um, yeah, I don't know if it played for me. And I've seen this episode a few times now, so right. yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't notice or felt put off, honestly, by the contrasting two different storylines. It didn't come up to me, um, right? Or it didn't jump out to me. But also, I, I do get your point. But in the meantime, uh, Silvio and Artie have gone to confront the coach about leaving. And they're telling him, like, you can't do this. You're, you're coaching our kids through college. Mm-hmm. And um, he says a thing of, like, 
please, the other university made me an offer I couldn't refuse. And I don't know, like, I guess that was a deliberate fucking little weird mm. jokey dig mm. thing from on his part. Um, but yeah, Silvio's like, you haven't heard our offer. Look, I'm, I'm, I've got a family. I've got a daughter who loves playing soccer. Stay here. I'm, we're going to like, it's setting mm. up what they're going to do here. Uh, and he tells all the girls who are practicing, who are now paying attention to this, hey, go back to practicing. And Meadow tells him to go fuck himself and he makes her run a couple laps. And again, I think from this point, it is very obvious what is happening. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. Because uh, he, the way that he gives that direction to the girl, Ali, earlier is weird. And then Meadow's mm-hmm. reaction to him here is clear. Yeah, I think so. In my I, I, professional I opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the kids, he yells at the kids to get back to work. And we cut over to Junior and we believe Roberta. Lying in bed, down in Boca, having some champagne, feeling happy. They're enjoying themselves. He seems happy. And uh, she, at some point, brings up, like, they they talk about, like, hey, should we buy a bigger place? And she's like, no, this is our place. Mm. This is where we come. I have emotional attachment to this. No, this this is where we come. One of them does. Yeah, they've been going there for 16 years. This is a long-term mistress relationship. And well, it's not even a mistress necessarily because I don't think he has a wife at this point. Maybe oh, she yeah, died. Good but point. Like, good point. Yeah. So this is like they seem to actually care about each other. Yes. He's saying completely. 16 years, they were all good, and she's like, I like this house because I liked being here with you. I don't want to leave the memories behind. And then mm. she starts telling him. Good God, you're great at oral sex. And he's like, <laughs> be that as it may, you never tell anybody. Because yeah. oral sex is <laughs> not looked kindly upon by my male friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the way he puts it is that they think if you suck pussy, you'll suck anything. That's right. <laughs> Such as the life out of this conversation, maybe, Junior, but whatever. I mean, <laughs> they see it as a sign of weakness, and she's like, that's ridiculous. And they're comparing it. It's a homophobic position that they all take as well. Right. Which she points out is bizarre. But it is the she's, case. Uh, she's, she comes across as a very normal person in this episode. Yeah. Um, do you, uh, sorry, um Tony and Artie are having a fancy dinner at a fancy restaurant and Tony is trying to convince him to come and do some work for Tony. Yeah, yeah, which has come up before and uh, Artie's wife, Charmaine, is dead against it. No way are you getting in bed with the mob despite, you know, the fact that this is a childhood friend of yours. I just don't trust him. Um, It's a dangerous guy. Stay the fuck away. Yeah. And, and Artie is doing that, and obviously Tony is still offering this work because he feels guilty about blowing up the guy's restaurant, you would imagine. <laughs> yep. Um, and then he flat out Because asked, we know, how? I think maybe in earlier in this episode, we've been made aware, like, Artie is just working at some, like, sizzler. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's working at sort of a buffet place. You know, he mentions how they keep the lettuce crisp with a chemical. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, you know, he's not out of money. Like, they're repainting their house. They're clearly okay, but... Um, yeah, I think Tony feels bad, especially in that setting, right? That beautiful restaurant. It yeah. must really put a point on it. For sure. Uh, and so, yeah, Artie turns it down again. And then Tony's like, okay, but can you tell me why your wife hates me? And Artie's like, mm. she doesn't hate you. And she absolutely does. <laughs> yes. Yes, she <laughs> At does. At the very least, she doesn't like Tony being anywhere near them. 
Yep. But um, he doesn't really give an answer before Tony notices a guy wearing a hat. Yeah. <laughs> it sets him right the fuck off. This poor southern guy, we find out it's like a guy, the hat's like a motorsports hat, and he's like, well, I'll wear my hat wherever I want. I think the cap says, because like, they, they complain about it for a little bit, and then Tony's like, nah, fuck this, I'm going to I'm gonna get up and go over the year. Yeah, his hat says, been there, done that. Great. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's a motorsports hat or just like some bullshit hat. It's some dumb cap but- and it represents, you know, values slipping and shit like that to these guys. Yes. Um, but this is the start of... And last episode, we talked about arcs. We got a little arc in this episode mm. too, the arc of what Tony represents to Artie. Because at this point, um, he still represents this f- inflated, fictionalized representation of a mob guy. Yeah, He stands for old-fashioned values and he sticks up for himself. You know, he... He'll go and, and do it himself. He'll put his foot down and he won't let someone disrespect himself yeah. or the people around him. And that's what Artie respects. And he it, likes that. He thinks it's cool. Absolutely. But Artie doesn't fit in with it, right? Because mm. earlier on at the Bada Bing, the coach is like, hell of a lifestyle you got here. And we've seen Artie kind of dip in, but then he's he's got his family and he gets called away from it because it's not really his place. Yeah, yeah. I think when they offer the lap dance to the coach, Artie is like, hey, I thought we were just having a beer. Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Tony's gone over there and he intimidates this guy into taking his hat off by standing over him and breathing heavily. <laughs> He's like kind of kind of snorting like an angry boar at him. Yep. <laughs> and it works. The guy takes his hat it off. Does. He walks yeah. back over to the table and the waiter's like, thank you so much. Mm. Uh, I hate that fucking shit. And then, also, I think the guys behind you are cops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, or I like Tony goes, hey, send a bottle of wine over to them and also get the license plates of the two guys sitting behind us because yep. I reckon they're, yep. uh, they ain't right. Yep. That's right. Um, so they ca- he goes and picks Carmella up from her sister's or something. I think he says she's at her sister's. Have we seen a sister mm. of hers yet? No, right? Don't think so. And they get home and uh, Ali is there and they both really overdo it. They're like, hey, how are you? Oh, okay, you good? Are you all right? How are you? Uh, like, yeah, yeah. But just in that, uh, like a weird way where they're doing it wrong and Meadow's like, can you get the fuck out of here? We're watching this thing and you're not, this is yeah. weird. Um, Tony's like, oh, we're going to miss that foot of yours on the weekend. And Tone, what are you doing, T? Yeah. They're going to play, very she awkward. says, and yeah, they, they, they get out of there awkwardly. They're very awkward parents. Kick ass, girls. Yeah. <laughs> Tony is so... Uh. Um, and meanwhile, down in uh, Boca, uh, they're having a bit of a dance, Roberta and uh, Corrado, and he reiterates the point of like, mm. don't you ever fucking tell anybody about this cunnilingus stuff, all right? Because you yeah. tell people about the cunnilingus, then it's uh, cunnil endus. <laughs> gonna leave you. Gonna, gonna leave you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the rumor's gonna linger, so don't don't yes. don't tell anybody about it. And yeah. she's like, okay, and she's kind of joking around about it. And he's like, don't fucking joke about this because it's mm. crazy serious for to me. And uh, also, the feds are absolutely watching them. A guy's talking into his huge '90s sleeves. <laughs> yes, and, and then we end on a nice freeze frame when they when they do the dip. It's at the end of the so dance. weird. Yeah, that, it feels like it would be in a Scorsese film. Yeah, it does. But it is a, a weird spot to do it. It's Tonally, it feels a little odd. Junior dips Roberta and 
I assume he dropped her or something and they had to just freeze it there. <laughs> that's what went through my yeah. head when that happened. Because they like okay, that's good. <laughs> fade into um, the coach's house here. He's taken his dog out to establish that he owns a golden retriever. Yes. Yes. Uh, and Paulie is on his, <laughs> on his lawn on in his driveway with two like sketchy looking dudes holding a huge television. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 50 inches, right? I think 50 inches, a rear projection, large, big screen television that is clearly stolen by this guy with lots of tattoos, but still a beret for some reason. (laughs) Yes, the beret was a great (laughs) touch. But fuck, a 50-inch rear projection TV in 1999 or 2000, yeah. that would be fucking expensive. Paulie says that it's HDTV compatible. Yeah. It's got surround sound somehow. Which is impossible for a f- television to have, but yeah, sure, okay. Mm. Uh, it's a good TV, but and he's like, "This is like a ten thousand dollar TV at that time." Probably. This is your eight K OLED bullshit now. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, he's like, "I am not taking this. I have to move. Don't leave this here." And <laughs> Paulie's like, "You don't understand. I'm fucking putting this TV here, <laughs> and you're yeah. staying here as well. This TV. Yeah. This is not a negotiation." Yeah. <laughs> uh, He's like, hey, your friends in law enforcement, they'd call this extortion. And Paulie's like, yeah, idiot. What do you think we're doing? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not confused about what I'm doing here. And this guy yells at them down the street like, well, I'm going to stand my ground. You can't fuck with me unless you're in school. So he, Mm. man, this guy, he's a good job as an actor because he is immediately, he's doing a good job. Yes. Let's get back to that gabagool. Uh, meanwhile, at some uh, salon, uh, Roberta's sitting on this huge high chair throne thing. Yes. Which yes, is yes. crazy. And uh, <laughs> You've never been into a nail salon. No, it's this. Are there, chairs all look like the fucking captain of <laughs> yeah. Starfleet sits on them. Yes, yes. All right, well. It's like good. a dentist chair. Like, well, this isn't like a dentist chair. This is fucking Captain Picard's seat. <laughs> well, yes, they all look like that. Okay, well, I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) But she's having a chat with uh, this lady doing her nails and it sounds as though she has previously already brought up the uh, the cunnilingus thing, the oral sex. It very much, very much does, doesn't it? It sounds like it's to the point where she must talk about it all the time because this lady's like, I'm so jealous of that thing you're always saying about how you go get like my my boyfriend or whatever. Never, nothing. And she's like, hey, look, we should probably stop yakking about our sex lives now, okay? I think it's for the best. And the nail mm-hmm. lady's like, okay. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really given too much thought into to it, like to the point where I've been telling other people about it, you yeah. know? Like, I didn't think it was a big deal. Didn't seem like a big deal to me. You'd have to be in a pretty mm. specific set of circumstances for this to be a big deal, but okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, uh, <laughs> or I guess that night, probably not meanwhile, because it's clearly daytime outside. So later that <laughs> night- sure. There's well, it a, could be in a different hemisphere. That's true. Maybe she. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh, the Sopranos are having some dinner. Livia's there. Junior's there, and uh, Livia's mad about something. She's like, nobody tells me anything. Are you come. <laughs> Tony's like, I just told you. Yeah. What do you mean nobody yes. tells you? This this was literally you- me telling you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're talking about the soccer game, and Meadow's like, can we change the fucking subject? And uh, Uncle Junior's like, hey, Boca was great. I loved Boca. I don't go down enough. 
And Carmella goes, not what I heard. <laughs> and the canned laughter goes, ooh. <laughs> yes. God, it's so unsubtle. Come on, Carmella. What are you doing yeah. here? And she starts laughing at him because he says something else about south of the border or whatever. Yep, and, yep. And um, <laughs> Junior's like, what's going on here? I don't understand why your crazy wife is laughing at nothing. Mm. They start talking about the soccer again, I think. And Meadow says she quit and they get mad at her and she storms off. Livia's like, let her leave. And they're like, What's... no, don't let her leave. Ma! No, no. It all, you know, she gets upset because Tony tells her, like, you only act nice when you want to get points with your grandkids. She's like, well, I'm not going to eat here then. Drive me home, Junior. And he's like, I'm still fucking eating here. <laughs> yeah. Big mess. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Junior, yeah, you're right. He's sort of establishing himself as just a guy who's like, uh, he's had his jealousies in the past, but at this point he's just like, I'm happy where I am. I don't want you making a big deal. I don't want anything to shift, you right. know, the dynamic. I'm like, I'm, ha- I'm happy to be an uncle to Tony. I'm happy with these kids. Like, it's all fine. And we've seen a few examples now of what, as well of Junior not being too quick. He's not stupid. Yeah. But he's not picking up on what's going up here. When he's in the lawyer's office earlier, the lawyer keeps telling him stuff and he's like, yeah, yeah, no, I was just testing you. Like, he's not at the top of his game, really. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's clearly uh, not as smart as Tony. In the last episode Mm. where the indictment stuff is happening, they're having their little huddle talk. Tony is the one who makes a suggestion of what to do next. And Junior is like, yep, I was um, uh, totally uh, just about to say that. What was it again? So, yeah, yeah, he's he's one step behind. Absolutely. Uh, and so upstairs, Carmella and uh, Tony are having a chat before they go to bed. And she's like, I'm glad he, that Meadow quit. He That coach pushes them all too hard. Um, Tony's like, nah, nah commitment. We got to do what we say we're going to do. And also, mm. what was that shit with you laughing at Junior? And Carmella's like, ah, I shouldn't say. And he's like, I'm going to tickle you until you tell me. Mm-hmm. And it works. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> I heard... From someone who knows someone, there's a rumor that uh, your uncle, let's just say that he loves to suck pussy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. He, he loves it. She says maybe a little bit more of a metaphor and then Tony laughs at him and he's like, uh, that's funny. He whistles to the wheat field. That's right. He, he has a few yeah. little. Uh, he's a bushman of the Kalahari. <laughs> yeah. He's got some euphemisms that he uses. Yeah. He's like, ah, that's pretty funny. And then he gets serious and he's like, hey, you ever tell anybody about me? Because if this gets out about Junior, you you better not say this shit. And because uh, Carmela's like, well, you all do it, you bunch of hypocrites. Right. And he's right. like, no, well, hey, you don't go telling people that. And she's like, once a year, I think I can keep my fucking mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Tony. <laughs> do your job, Tony. You're a husband. Yes. yes. Uh, so... <laughs> yeah, we get we get uh we get um Artie Buko back at his place putting his chef clothes into the washer because he smells like fries and he's upset mm-hmm. about it. And uh his wife is getting mad about how he and his friends are trying to intimidate or bribe this soccer coach. Right, they know about the TV, they know about, you know, whatever else is going on. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know how that's got out. But <laughs> she hears it from someone who knows someone. It's all rumors spreading around in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Artie's like, "Hey, look! If the TV's going to get him to stay, we should get him to stay. We want to. We want him to stay here." And she's like. That's the beginning of it. And now your fucking mob friends who you keep defending are going to take it too far. And he, right. she's like pretty right about that. And he keeps brushing it off. Cause like you said, it's all, it's not make believe, but it's not, he doesn't have a sense of the actual gravity of the people that he deals with, you know, like the actual totally extent of what they are capable of. Yes, he still doesn't know and may never know that his restaurant was burned down by them. Yes. You know, like that is the reality of it and it would probably tear him apart. But yeah, he at this point is just like, you know, they're... Because uh, they're, also at this point, they're trying to persuade this guy to stay because they like him. Yeah. I think that's probably another element to it as well, is that, right. like, you know, they're giving him free shit to get him to stay. What's bad about, you know, trying to do something positive? Exactly. We're cutting him a better deal than the one he's going to leave for. But he doesn't, yeah. again, seem to understand that maybe something like what Christopher does now could happen, where Christopher's mm. clearly broken into their house, stolen their dog, <laughs> yep. put it in his car and gone, hey, is this your dog? Yeah. To show this dude, like, guess what? I can get to you. Yeah. If I can steal a dog, you think I can't steal a person? I'll just tie a second string of sausages to my belt and then the person <laughs> will leave, follow me to get the sausages. You ever tried, they like sausages in Czechoslovakia. Did you know that? In the Czech yeah, Republic? I I, yeah, yeah they like, I found that out last episode. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Chris is like starting the intimidation campaign against this coach now. And uh, they're talking about it in the morning, the Sopranos. They're all having breakfast. And they're like, did you do something? And Tony's like, hey, what could I do? Well, mm. me? I'm just the leader of a group of mafia guys. What am I capable of doing? <laughs> what power do I have? But he's like, yeah, if he stays, that'd be a good thing, right? And Meadow storms off again and he goes in and he yells mm. at her immediately about like, hey, you got to, everyone's trying to help you. You're getting the best opportunities and you're squandering them. What's with you being a little shit? And she's like, you want to know what's with me being a little shit? Here's exactly mm. what it is. And she tells him, guess what? I'm upset because this fucking coach had sex with Ali. And that's why she cut herself and fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. And it it takes a little bit for them to try to, for this to sink in, especially for Tony at like, mm. he's like, oh, maybe it was a misunderstanding. Yeah. And Carmella and Meadow are like, fuck you mean misunderstanding, you fucking idiot. Yeah. He does what many people, many guys still do of like, Blaming the victim, yeah. like not, and he's not doing it to be um, a dick, to be aggressive, or to be. He's not consciously doing it, you know. And I think it's played very well. He's like, maybe there was some misunderstanding. Maybe she was trying to, you know, act older than she is. Maybe there was some, you know. He's thrown but, for a loop, yeah. right? And he's trying to grasp yeah. onto whatever. The, you're right that it yeah. is a common thing, and it is a thing that makes sense for Tony to do, and then. Uh, Carmella's like get out of here Tony so I can talk to Meadow and they have a talk and she's like nothing else happened right and Meadow's like no but she thinks she's in love with him she wants him mm. to leave his wife for her and all this shit like it's a big mess and now it's getting out yeah because Tony's also gone to uh, the, uh, the the butter Bing and talking to the guys there talking to Silvio being like hey here's this thing that I've learned about what should we do. And immediately Silvio's like, well, I know a guy who could kill him. Yeah. And Tony objects to that because he's like, no, 
we shouldn't hire somebody to kill him. We should do it ourselves. Yeah, yeah this is personal. What are you talking about? We got to shoot this guy in the head ourselves. But straight away, that yeah, of course, their response is, well, we deal with this ourselves the way we deal with everything by using violence. Right. You saw me intimidate a guy earlier in the episode straight away as the thing. Yeah, that's why. That's what I'm used to. And that's who I am. And I've done it a bunch of times. <laughs> and if I ever had to question that about myself, it would give me mm. something of a moral crisis. Yes. So hopefully that doesn't happen to me in the next uh, mm. 20 minutes or so. Hopefully it's fine. Uh, interesting point that they do make, though, that the legal system will not uh, punish this guy sufficiently. And they are correct. They are very <laughs> correct about that. They're like, so what? He'll spend two years in a fucking week sentence and then he'll move to Canada and do the same thing. Totally, yeah. and they're right. They are right about that. So, yeah, yeah. there's no real middle ground that they're exploring here, but yeah, they're like, well, we sure. should kill him because the police won't do much. So uh, they tell, uh, also Artie shows up and then they tell him about this and mm. Artie's in. Yep. Like they, they, Artie literally says he deserves to die. And you know what? Like if they... <sighs> This is the perfect scenario to test a normal person. Yes. Right? It's very difficult to say that I wouldn't feel exactly the same way as Artie feels in that scene at that moment finding that out. Yes, exactly. Like this is the most commonly accepted thing where it is understandable for someone to want to kill another person. Yep. Yep. Other than wearing a hat in a restaurant. That's the other thing. So I'm glad that That's they explore both issues in this particular episode. And Tony's like, you don't have to have anything to do with it, but I guarantee you this cunt's getting whacked. He says it in different yeah. words. but mm. And it does sort of sink in for Artie a little bit there. He has like a bit of a stunned like, oh, right, holy shit, these people will actually do this. I'm yeah. talking about, yep. hey, hypothetically, morally, my, my immediate response is, fuck this guy, he should be dead. And then right. Tony's like, that's my gonna be my literal response. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so Junior and Mikey are wearing all their golf stuff. They're holding some golf clubs, and wouldn't you know it, they're off to play some golf. Wow, <laughs> you could have fooled me. I assumed tennis. Uh huh. Insight. <laughs> and uh, Mikey's telling Junior about like, so I had some people follow Tony, and twice a week mm. he goes to the medical center, and they lose track of him. Hmm. And therefore, he's a snitch. Right. His, yes. His leap of logic. Mikey's saying, who's he talking to if not the, the feds? And Junior's kind of go like, maybe he has a girlfriend. He's like, nah, he's seeing someone. It's not that. Mm, he right. says it less cleanly than that. He says it is some of the worst <laughs> phrasing of any episode so far. This episode has a lot of that stuff. But again, yeah. you know, they're writing for the people that these people are and they're correct. Uh, Silvio yep. and uh, Tony show up and Silvio has the best fucking hat I've ever seen. <laughs> yes. It's like, it's the hat that Alan Grant wears in Jurassic Park that Sam Neill has on, but it's white yep. and green and it matches his pants and he looks fucking cool as hell. He looks great. I don't know if you knew this, um, and I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast, that uh, the guy who plays Silvio, Stevie Van Zandt, is a guitarist, I believe, in... Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band. Holy shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> How have these people all had more interesting lives than being in The Sopranos? Exactly. It's incredible. But um, I think uh, this was potentially his first role. 
Um, I, it works so well that they're doing check. that, especially with Paulie and Silvio and like these people who are kind of on the outskirts, having them be a little characterful and weird in the way that they are. And they are like that in the show. It yep. it works. Yeah, so yes, until 1999, Van Zant had no professional acting experience. His main focus had been music. Uh, he'd been in multiple bands. He'd written stuff. And then, yeah, he was asked to be in The Sopranos and uh, that was it. I <laughs> he think became it, an actor. It works in a similar way, but for very different reasons and with very different tones to how like Tim and Eric, that show would hire people who weren't actors to do those things because they wanted it to seem a little of a certain tone. And this has that, but in a mm-hmm. naturalistic way, kind of. Exactly. Yes. Silvio, uh, as a character, has mannerisms and vocal inflections and a presence that probably reflect Stevie Van Zandt in real life as a performer, as a musician, as a guy who's been involved in that world. If you meet, it's the kind of thing where, like, if you meet Stevie Van Zandt and you're casting a mob series, you're like, well, fuck, that guy's got to be in it. Right. Same with Paulie, right? Like, it's, yes. it's having their lack of refinement in the way they're acting really adds to it. Yes, completely, completely. Uh, something else that adds to this show, again, is Tony and, and, and Mikey's interactions, which here, Mikey's about to swing, and Tony basically just keeps going, swing better. <laughs> <laughs> he asked Junior a question yep. to put him off, and it's so good. Yep. It's so childish. It's <laughs> <laughs> And they just so clearly actually hate each other, Mikey yes. and Tony. Yes, yes. And it's good to set that up in this petty way to show that Mikey's mm. investment in undercutting Tony isn't just to do with him genuinely thinking he might be the snitch, but he has his own agenda on that. Totally. He's got a grudge. Yeah. Uh, Junior says some shit to Tony of like, why can't you keep your fucking mouth shut? Maybe if you did, you'd have done that thing better in a baseball game from years ago. Yeah, Brings up yeah, something yeah, which seems to seems to get to Tony. Right. It's like a cutting comment that really does visibly piss Tony off. And so then Tony hits back with a like, hey, well, all right, Junior, how about you? If I should stop talking, how about you stop eating pussy? He doesn't say it like that, but he's <laughs> he says that he's gone into the muff instead of rough. Yep. Yep. He says some other crack. He's eating sushi. Yeah. He's been eating sushi. And uh, Junior realises that people are talking here about the thing he was afraid that people were going to talk about. Exactly. And Tony is not being subtle about it. No. Like you said, hey, Junior's been eating pussy. It's uh, What Tony says is marginally more subtle than that. It's close enough, right? And it kind of needed to yeah. be for Junior to get it, it seems like. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Artie Bucco's picking tomatoes in their garden and... Uh, his wife comes up to him and is like, hey, oof, the, the mother's moved to Europe or something and someone look, it's blown their family up. Ali thinks it's her fault. It's all gone to shit. Uh, you, like, I uh, don't know if that guy's going to get what's coming to him. And he's like, yeah, he fucking will. He will get what's fucking coming mm. to him. She's mm. like, what does that mean? He's like, oh, nothing. I'm picking tomatoes here. She's like, no, you're not picking tomatoes. You're picking a, picking a side with, with Tony, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he tries. She's to- not quite as witty as that, but yes, <laughs> she she try. She's like your mobster friend's gonna do something, and he's like, look, if I had any balls, I'd do it myself. And she's like, it's because you have balls that you won't. Hmm. Hmm. But yeah, again, he says exactly what we were saying before. Like, I I would do. I want to do this. Um, who's worse? Yeah. Uh, 
Tony for exacting retribution or the coach for being a child molester. That, it seems like an easy answer. Yeah. And uh, Artie's at the point where he's literally saying, fuck the world. And she's like, look, yeah, yeah, this is shit. And he, yeah, he makes that comparison as well of like, who's worse, Tony Soprano or this fucking guy? And you you get it. Like you said, it is a setup that resonates with most people. Totally. And understandably so. They have a fight and she's like, I mean, also her position is don't kill someone. And I that also resonates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's true. But so uh, after the golf, I guess, uh, Junior mm. and, and Mikey are fully naked and showering and shit after the golf, I suppose. <laughs> must have been. Must have been an intent. They probably went and did a sauna or something, I guess. I don't yeah, know. maybe. But they're having another chat and he's like, what were all those cracks about the sushi? And Junior's like, I don't know. He babbles. It's Tony being an idiot. He babbles. Mm. And uh, Mikey's like, he lacks respect. I don't know. Fuck Tony. And Junior's like, you know what? I am tired of all this shit. And it's because he's a mental weakling. Yeah. Which again, that echoes what Christopher said last episode. The uh, mental midget. That yeah, they're talking. In, they're talking people with mental health issues down as if they're yeah lesser than yeah. <laughs> so then Junior says to Mikey, you know, he's seeing a psychiatrist. And Mikey says. A psychiatrist? <laughs> and Junior says, a psychiatrist. <laughs> uh, t- no shit. And Junior. How about that? Jun- a psychiatrist? Yeah. <laughs> Junior then makes the comparison of there's an indictment coming. And meanwhile, Tony's spilling his guts out. No, who, You know, how much? who knows if the place is bugged? And Mikey's kind of going, well, you can't use that stuff in court. He's aware that uh, that sort of thing right. is not admissible. In court. Yep. But Junior's also like, okay, well, what about the Menendez brothers? They killed their parents and their fucking, their, their psychiatrist was on the stand. He was a witness. Right. Because as uh, Melfi says in a previous episode, I think, um, if there is, oh no, in this episode, it's later this episode. She reiterates if, it, but she has said it before too. Yeah. Yeah. If it, if it becomes apparent to me that a crime will be committed in the future based on what I'm being told, then I can act. Exactly. Uh, specifically, a, a violent crime, I think, is definitely... Right, yeah. And so Junior's kind of like, look, I'm a bit fucking sick of him. Mikey's like, you talking about clipping him? And Junior says, nobody would slap my wrist if I did. And Mikey looks Which, very fucking happy about that. Oh, yeah. But uh, this is um, what Livia has been saying this entire season. Right. This is what she's been building up to with, with Junior. She's been saying it over and over and over again um, without saying it literally uh and finally it's taken hold and it it's debatable how much it is due to tony being a threat or how much it is due to yeah manipulation from livia and like a petty thing of tony being a dick this episode and that's what i think it is for livia and for junior is it's a personal thing it's yeah yeah. this fucking kid's gonna be in charge of me fuck you Yep. That really yep. seems to be the extent of it for them. And then reasons to justify that come later. But yeah. it does seem to be the core of it. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Tony is talking to uh, to Melfi about the uh, fucking coach. And yep. uh, is she's like, okay, well, the judicial system's getting better with this stuff. You should probably take it to the cops. And he's like, uh, judicial system won't do anything. And then she does say... 
I'm going to remind you, if I have reason to think that there is going to be a crime committed based on information I find out about here, then I have to say something. And he's like, I'm not saying anything. I just think someone should deal with this guy. And she questions why he feels that the responsibility for all this stuff always falls onto him. Right. And uh, on on first blush, on first, first glance, the answer is because he is a, a senior figure in the mafia. Right. Social issues as well as financial issues, business stuff, are dealt with by those people in that community. And that's what I assume Tony tells himself. Yes, I, I agree with that. And But there is clearly something more to it of why he... Mm is in this position where he feels like he has to take responsibility for things and to act on things and be like the arbiter of justice. He comes from a household that had conflict growing up, and I can tell you yes. that maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah, that has something to do with it there. Yeah, something to do with it. But um, yeah, later on he's counting some money with Christopher, just the most bare bones thing they could make them be doing to make it like, remember that they're in the mafia? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're just yeah, counting yeah. money for some reason. Mm. And uh, Artie shows up. This is at the bar to Bing. And he's like, hey, look, I got to talk to you. And he's basically trying to convince Tony out of doing it. Yeah. He he can't handle having that guilt on his head, even though he's not directly involved, as like I think Tony reminds him. But yeah. Um, yeah, Artie just doesn't want it to happen. He's he's come to terms with the reality of it and he doesn't want someone to be killed over this. And it's as simple as two wrongs don't make a right kind of for him, right? He he says to Tony flat out, it's wrong, Tony. And Tony's like, yep. you, it's wrong? You're mm. telling me it's wrong? Hey, what he did what he did's not wrong. How, uh, fuck you. Fuck you And don't tell me what to do Don't come to my You know My headquarters Hmm. And You know Undercut my authority I'm A fucking mafia boss Yeah I've killed More people Than you can count on both You know like He's done this before And he's done this for less Personal emotional reasons And So he's being questioned on Arguably the most Justifiable killing That he would have been A part of to this point in his life, you'd have to assume. Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. That's what I was sort of yeah, getting at. He's done this before. He's, you know, killed guys for not probably like, you know, giving in on a business deal, not yeah. paying up, paying their dues, you know, from a union perspective. Like he would have done this so many times. And this is the one thing where yeah. a percentage of the audience watching would be like, yeah, fucking kill that guy. We've seen the person we saw him kill. He killed because of an old grudge. Essentially, that guy wasn't a threat to him anymore, but he did do something that hurt them. And it was a revenge killing. Yes. So this, he makes the point that he will be a threat to other people in the future. This is the most black and white reason that Tony has had Mm. to kill someone. Not that it is, not that killing anyone is obviously ever black and white, but this one is the most straightforward that there's ever been for him. And to have it be called into question by someone he respects and by someone who I think to him does represent that idea of himself that he has where he's like, I would have been selling patio furniture in San Diego. This is the guy who's doing that. They grew up together and he's legitimate. And I think he does respect that about Artie. He's said as much yeah, before, I think so. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But uh, Artie's saying, like, killing him, who does it help? Does it help his daughter? Does it help that girl? It helps you, Tony. It helps you and Silvio and me feel better. It's revenge. 
and it's not the right thing to do and we we just got to do it the the cops way yeah tony tells him to get the fuck out of there but yeah it's a real good way to throw this moral dilemma at tony mm. because to have this called into question like we've kind of already said but like it means that he has to question every killing he's ever done if this clearly most justifiable one is also wrong in the eyes of a regular person yeah uh, and that's what he does. He, he racks his brain over it for a little bit. There's shots of the phone being unused. He's mm-hmm. knocking pole balls around the table on his own. There's a big sandwich that he hasn't eaten. <laughs> big, huge sandwich just sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's it's given him cause to question himself and think. Uh, meanwhile, Junior has shown up at uh, the union place where Roberta is. It's quite late. And she's like, uh, what's going on? And you, I was worried about you. You took forever. I've got some chicken here. I've got um, some salad. And I've got this enormous lemon meringue pie. Yeah. I did eat one slice because you were so late. She, she you know, yeah. clarifies. But a big old, big old cake. But yeah, yeah the, the restaurants were all closed. So I had to get a meal from the clown shop. And I've got this, <laughs> yes. this big cream pie here. And yeah. he very violently goes over to her, puts her up against the wall, shaking his fist at her. And it's like, did you fucking tell people I told you not to? She says, don't hit me. And he doesn't, but he mm. jams this pie in her face very violently. Yes. Which is also hitting someone. If you hit someone with a pie, that is still in this context, you know, they're yep. not on a vaudeville stage. No, no. Although you, is, you could no- argue, aren't we all? <laughs> I went to Bard College as well. <laughs> I did notice that when Tony stam- slammed the door after uh, Artie, the whole set shook. Did it really? <laughs> so, you know, in a way, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Um, but this is so sad. Like, it is it is unfortunate that this is a social stigma that Junior has to be so concerned about. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate because she seems like a real nice person and stopped when he said to. She respected that. But it just had already gotten out, and um, he looks upset. He's not just upset about, you know, having to deal with this, you know, thing that people are making fun of him for. I think he's upset about the relationship ending, and so is she. Yeah, she's devastated. Absolutely, that yeah. I, they they both are visibly like. I mean, she says, "I love you, don't leave," and he leaves. He calls her a blabbermouth cunt, and then leaves. Yeah. Like so, he's angry at her and yelling at her but when he's standing outside on his own he does look you know upset about it and whatever but yeah yeah i mean he didn't necessarily end it in the best way you could possibly do it i'm gonna say no. that but no also, he didn't have to end it yeah <laughs> I'm, i'll say he but he obviously feels he did and you know it, it's a shitty position that he puts them both in silvio is sitting in a car yep and he gets a phone call and it's tony telling him to walk away Yes, so Tony has uh, has made the right call. Like <laughs> I think, I probably. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, Silvio's not happy about it. He clearly was like moments away from doing it. I guess. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, Tony calls it off, uh, and then is watching on the TV later that night. I guess that this coach yeah. has been arrested by the the police. They've gone through the proper channels and done it, and uh, that's I've been dealt with. Sure. In uh, yep. the normal person way. 
Yes, to the extent that, you know, um, we all, uh, not, uh, not all, I guess, a lot of people agree that the justice system is not properly set up to punish sexual offenders properly, and certainly yeah. in these cases of, like, statutory rape and stuff like that. Um, but it's also not up to us to change the way the justice system works. It would be good, but... Yeah, unless you want to commit a crime, you got to let the, the legal system take its course. Yeah, killing someone is a pretty flat morality standard as well, you know? Totally. A lot of people yes. really agree on whether or not that's right or wrong. Yep. And Tony having to butt his head up against that sends him a bit over the edge here. He clearly drinks a lot. Yeah. He takes some of his pills that he's got and he comes home off his face. Totally oh, fucked. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I've seen someone in real life that fucked up. He's really, really shaking about the place and singing and yep. like he's out of his mind. And Carmela's sort of trying to help and she's like, what the fuck is going on here, Tony? What's wrong with you? And he's like, mm. Meadow's watching this also. It's worth pointing yes. out. She's been woken up by this enormous drunk man falling everywhere. And uh, he says to Carmela... What does he say? I want to get the exact words here. Hold on. Uh, he says... Um, he says a bunch of stuff. <laughs> well, yeah. He's like... Blah, 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 and slurring yeah. and whatever. But then he does say to Carmella, I didn't hurt nobody. Yes. And he it, like reckoning with the fact that he hasn't... It, of course, it's sending him into this tailspin because like he does it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and like this, like we've already said, this was a, a reason that would make the most sense out of any reason he could have to kill someone. You know, compared to just mob shit, this makes more sense, and, and he hasn't done it, so it's made him have to reconsider every time he's ever done it. You would assume. Totally, totally. I think so. It's not that um, you know. I think a surface reading is just like, oh, he found that a difficult choice to make, so he got drunk, but. It's no, it's that he's not given those choices as much thought before, and now he is. Right. I, that's the thing with realizing you've you've made a mistake or you've done the wrong thing or you've missed an opportunity or whatever. It's not just that one time. Often, it's all of the other times that the same thing happened, and when yes. why it's difficult when people get like diagnoses of mental health problems and stuff like that, it can be worse for a while to realize that because mm -hmm. then you go, oh, fuck, all this other stuff was because of that and I didn't deal with it then. Like, so it's totally. A, it's I a think the way thing. the way that I've, I've heard that experience described is like grieving for the previous choices you made. Right. Because, yeah, you often don't realize that they were problematic or the you don't realize the reasons behind them. And so you sort of look back over them and it's like a little grieving process to, to come to terms with yourself and then move on. And that's exactly what's happened to Tony. Right. And it's the reason why a lot of people don't change from that because that process of going through and reassessing everything, it's not just about apologizing for the one thing or whatever for Tony or for mm. not mm. doing the one. It's about the entire way he's lived his life and the justifications he's built up around himself for those things have to fall apart. If if it was wrong to kill this person in this circumstance, how does he justify the rest of it? Yeah. So great, great episode, great um, plot line. Yeah. It yeah still sits a little strange for me, con contrasting with the junior stuff. But I do I t I totally um appreciate and and agree with 
the intention that I that you laid out earlier for what for po- probably why they've done it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It makes uh, that that sort of makes a bit of sense to me. But I agree that the the A and the B kind of are pretty separate in this one. Yeah. In the way it yeah. plays out when you're actually watching the episode. So. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, still a damn good show. Yeah. Fuck. It. And I mean, yeah. If I had issues with that episode, it's certainly ends on an incredibly strong note. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I'm still I'm super excited to because I've forgotten everything that happens in this show. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens sort of plot wise. I'm uh, yeah, I, it's ramping up, and it's getting to the point where like because it's dealing with stuff that's hard for any show to deal with, regardless of if it's well written or not or whatever. And even the Soprano, I think even this episode does. It it's tough to watch at points. You know, it's not. Yep. So it it's it's still tough, but it it's yeah, good episode and a good show. Yeah. <laughs> There's my review. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say nine out of ten. Yeah, nine out of ten. Uh, plus. Um yes, yeah, great stuff. That was that was episode nine. Uh but out of I think what, thirteen? For the season yeah, I reckon. Yeah. So four left, yeah, yeah, another yeah. month of this season. Yes. Fuck yeah. Uh I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying how the, the, the stuff in the background, the indictment stuff is sort of uh ramping up. Yeah. Junior and, and Tony have it like junior coming more and more to the position where he's like, okay, maybe I'm going to do something about Tony. That's interesting and threatening. Yes. Uh, Yeah. But uh, you know what will be interesting and threatening? Our next episode. Yeah. I'm going to yell at you for the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. I'm talking to the listener, Uh, not to Ben. I'm going to relay fun facts about history. (laughs) (laughs) So that'll be interesting. Um, But yes, that is the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to get in touch, gabagoolboys at gmail.com. Gabagool Pod uh, on Instagram. And yeah, we will see you next week for episode 10 of season one. See you later. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.